Welcome to the Union Soccer Podcast here on the UnionSoccerBlog.substack.com. You can get the Union Soccer Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether that is Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find the Union Soccer Podcast. And of course, subscribe to the UnionSoccerBlog.substack.com where you can read everything from my co-host and star of the show, Joe Tanzi. You can follow him at jtanzi90 and you can follow me at jjanson34. And Joe... Much of the same, I would say. Uh, frustrating. It wasn't. I thought they actually played better. Obviously, it's Sporting KC, so you would want a win. You would want three points instead of one. Um, and I, I think the the result itself is going to be frustrating. But uh, at least marginal improvements, right? I want to bang my head against the wall repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. That's it for the Union Soccer Pod. We'll yep, be back. That... No, just kidding. <laughs> I want to bang my head against the wall repeatedly and Champions League is a cure-all. There, there's the podcast. You guys didn't even have to listen to it. Um, Just wait till Champions League is over. Then we're good. Right. Um, I mean, that's kind of sums it up though, right? It's kind of just like, it's it's frustrating. And like, the frustrating part is like, nothing's changed, right? Like, and I'll give you like the, the inside baseball type thing here. Like, I'm driving home on on Saturday night, and I'm already like worn <laughs> out because this, this this weather delay. And it was brutal just, weather. Yeah, that was I, I did, like sitting in, in the press box and watching a scoreless draw uh, unravel in front of my eyes, <laughs> and then asking then asking the same five questions of Jim Curtin that we've asked, and Jim Curtin has he it's the same answer. He doesn't know what what the hell is going on with this attack, yet alone us idiots that cover the team on a daily basis. So like. I come home and I'm like, well, I could just write the same article I just wrote on Monday about the just underlying numbers, <laughs> or I can, or I can tell you like, yeah, the attack sucks, but all of you, all of you guys can tell me that on Twitter. So I, I like took the the easy way out and wrote about how awesome Jacob Plessis was, which he was, and I think that's kind of the <laughs> the, the only thing I could extract from that game, just because I was just so exhausted from watching the same thing over and over. And I'm sure. And like, I get the vibe from the fan base as well. Um, scrolling through the, the mentions, like it's kind of the same way. Like it, it's not good soccer. It's no. not. And it's such a stark contrast from last year. And it, it's, this is the hard part to, to wrap in my brain, even from like, the neutral side, not being invested as, as a fan here is what is it? What can you actually quantify? What is going on with this attack and what is wrong with it? Because if you look at all of the underlying numbers and we had this fun with expected goals yesterday on Twitter, <laughs> and it's not just the Columbus game that's produced all this XG because They had 1.8 expected goals against Orlando. Doesn't even remotely match the eye test. So, like, what is it? Like, the eye test is telling us they suck. Uh, You know, the sky is falling. When is improvement going to happen? We don't know. And, And that kind of outweighs the, oh, it's six games into the season. Champions League is on the horizon. And... They're not in dead last. They're still right around the playoff position in the East. And 
Are you we know, talking they, playoffs already, Joe? What are we doing? No. Do no, no, you, no. you say the word playoffs? But I'm saying, like, in, in terms of perspective, they're not yes. in last place. Yeah, right. So it's like, uh, to me, looking at the standings, the underlying numbers, and trying to approach it from every angle possible from my perspective without attaching a lot of emotion to it, you, you have to start taking away the benefit of the doubt. I think that's where my head is at with, with watching this team is okay. Numbers say you're, you're playing some decent soccer, but numbers don't mean it. Like, I think it's very important. This is a a real quick tangent that like in this era of advanced stats and everything. Please go off on this. Yes. I agree with what you're about to say. And like, I get, I get caught in this web because if you subscribe to Substack, which you should, by the way, shameless plug, um, $5 a month, $40 a year, great <laughs> Philadelphia Union content every week. I got to get the sales pitch there in. There you go. Um, uh, new MLS feature coming this week. Ooh, and nice. an old, I'm digging out an old MLS feature from the grave that I used to do um, that I have a lot of fun with that people will yell and scream about for days upon days. Um and speaking of things that people yell and scream about days upon days, these stats. Like, so I get caught in the web of this because, look, I went in after the Orlando game, looked at all the stats, posted something on the Substack on Monday, and said, "Hey, these stats suggest a breakthrough is, is on the horizon because they're they're first or they're they were first in expected goals. Columbus is now the East. Every metric you want to use across the board." says they're not playing that bad. But when you watch them, it's so clearly not the case. So like how do you uh, how do you quantify it? That that's what's so mystifying about it. If if the stats were so terrible and like uh, and somebody asked me like is you know are there stats we can point out to say like passing or possession or you know, whatever like what stat is saying like hey right. this is the the certain area where things are going wrong and the only stat the only one that i could find that is significantly worse is the shots on target percentage because they're taking a ton of shots and none of them are they're good. none of them <laughs> yeah exactly but that's that's the like that is the only stat i can see that says okay well maybe if they just put more shots on target or maybe they're getting unlucky because they're facing decent goalkeepers. No, that's not the case because Pedro Galese didn't play for Orlando. You know, Stadohar is a, a solid player, but he's not an international goalkeeper like Galese. Tim Bailey is a, a good goalkeeper, but the quality of the chances were bad. Now, if Julian Carranza's bicycle kick goes in, we're, we're not, we're here saying, oh, it's sort of peachy keen. I just, I, I, I've gotten to the point where I can't quantify it with numbers outside of shots on target. Like that is literally the, the only thing I can say the union are substantially subpar in but that's it so like I, it's so difficult to say especially after watching um and, and look to even further down home this point they are 10th in shots on target in in major league soccer so I guess the better way for me to define this is shots on target percentage because that's a 28.9. They've taken 90 shots, 26 on target. That is seventh worst, the percentage in MLS. So that, yeah, that that's doesn't your, sound good. Right. So that's your statistical outlier. But 
chances are coming in. Bedoya's numbers from yeah, I was about to say, is that something that, right. can, that can be, I hate to say corrected. Is it just like it's going to return to the mean of what it usually is? I mean, they're getting chance because I even thought Sporting KC, you know, there were there were quality chances, but as you're saying, they're just completely missing on these and whiffing. I mean, is that something that you find can be corrected? Like it, it averages out and we're, we're going to get the union, you know, that percentage is going to go up or is this something that could end up being like, I know we talk about trends a lot. You know, I don't know if, if this is a trend, but it, it certainly, as of right now, seems like their biggest issue. Can, it, so can for, it be corrected, though? For reference, last year's shots on target percentage overall was 37.9. And it, it's it's so hard to kind of compare data to even 2023 to 2022, because if you remember back to last season, Michael U is not really on the field because of you know the long visa process then he picked up a small knock and then started playing you know late spring early summer on a consistent basis so like you can't even say oh well can you compare it to last year because you're still missing a, a key component in attack now they went 5-1-1 last year but they also didn't have champions league so like i i, I think it may be the only thing i can other than the shots on target percentage which is dreadful the only thing i can point to is it's just all mental it is all mental that is the only thing it's the last straw i'm grasping for in trying to figure out what the heck is wrong with the philadelphia union because you see the mistakes that are made and this is across the board they're mental they're caused by bad decisions it's not like jose martinez is barging into 10 guys per game and just playing reckless soccer. No, he does that once or twice. Huh. And I think he, he bodied some sporty KC player and did get called for it, which was pretty fun. But um, like it's it's sloppy passes. It's it's making the wrong pass instead of making the, the right one. Um, shooting too soon. Like it's to me, it comes down to decision making. Like just watching this team because. And this goes to the defensive errors, and I'll say nice things about the, the union, I swear, at some point today. There but were some nice things from that game. Were, yeah, Jake, Jacob Lessis. Um, but look at the Orlando mistakes. Those were all mental. That's Jack Elliott turning his body in the wrong direction, focusing on a single player, and letting a guy go through. That's just an error that that can be fixed. And it did because the city... Sorry, my headphones came out there. Um, <laughs> Fighting your microphone. That's an interesting Funny. strategy for the podcast. Joe Tanzi versus his microphone. Who might wins? Be more, might be more entertaining than playing the main City. event um, of WrestleMania. Joe Tanzi and his headset. Um, so it's, and the defensive mistakes were, were corrected. Like Jacob Blessness had his best, I'd say, the best individual performance by a Philadelphia Union player this season. Bar is incredibly low. I get it. But Jacob, but, but Jacob Lesnis looked like the defender of the year. And I'm going to dispel this too. I know a lot of people in the mentions were like, well, Kansas City's weak. They're not a good team. Uh, we should have beat them. You should have beat them at home. You should beat any team at home. Like that's – forget the opponent. I'm not going to believe you on the sporting Kansas City is, is bad train because – Yes, they're 13th in the Western Conference, but they've only given up seven goals. This is a team that has waited for their star striker to come back, who made his first appearance in 
10, 12 months, Alan Polito, they're going to not be in 13. They're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. I get it where they are now. You can quantify that because they're in 13th place. There's a reason why they're in 13th place. So for people to say they're a bad team, they're not. They're, there's a reason why they came in here with a game plan and executed it to perfection. I mean, Peter Vermees, and this is kind of coincides with what we're talking about with the attacking struggles, is Peter Vermees after the um, after the game was asked about like how do you approach with it, and he said you know that because the union overload on the right side, and they do that's not um, a new fact to anyone with Bedoya whoever plays right back, Gazdag usually drifts over in that direction as well, or, or Carranza, and they play the 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 balls on the right side because that's they're just right side dominant, and when the ball flips over to in this case Real or Flock, what Kansas City did is they defended the right side to commit numbers, but they also kept the distance on the left side on the Union's attacking left side to prevent those switches and maybe make the the Union think once or twice more about playing those passes, whereas in previous games or last season, they're automatically making that switch and creating a man advantage on the left side. And then you can do whatever you want because there's guys just strewn out of position. So I think that is a small tactical tweak that Peter Vermees pointed out in that post-match press conference. And you see it, you know, I'm, I'm going through all of these, these graphs and maps and, whatever you can quantify to figure out what's wrong with the, the union, well, the passing network on the left side of the field, and this, is, this isn't just a Matt Real thing from one game, this is a Kai Wagner thing as well, the impact being made for 90 minutes on the left side isn't there. It doesn't have to be because the right, it's right-sided dominant, but with the the fewer quality chances coming from the left that becomes now more pressure to, to get the job done through the right or through the center. And it takes away one valuable part of the diamond. Now, does that come through on film on a, on a consistent basis or is someone like for just pick that out and say, well, Roger Espinosa, Graham Zuzzi, all these veterans they have in midfield be astute to it and, and take away that side, which they did. I do it. I personally don't think it's a, a Wagner to Real thing. It's not because Real is more attack-minded. You know, if if this team used wingers, he'd be a left winger. So attacking is not his shortcoming. Defending is, and that will be tested on Tuesday. And that second, but yeah, I just it's so hard to quantify a list of say ten errors unless you watch them in person i you know had somebody come in the mentions yesterday like oh they've had like one or two big chances yeah but they've stunk like yeah. <laughs> the, the the expected goals do not match the eye test and that is it's such a big differentiator here like yeah you can you can throw these stats in, in fans faces and i can tell you where alejandro Bedoya ranks in in passes from the the 50 yard mark to the 40 yard mark on the right side of the field i can tell you he ranks first that doesn't mean anything to anybody listening. It's just a cool stat to be number one. That's like when you know, for Darlington Nagby under the bus, but there's a reason why Darlington Nagby leads the league in completed passes almost every year. 
is because he's playing one, two touch passes. He's not playing difficult passes. He's playing those balls in central midfield. He's playing the pass to set up the pass or, you know, the, the, the first pass line of a, a four or five pass sequence. He's making the, the easy passes. So that's why like stats can be very deceiving in, in soccer where you watch the eye test, they're playing like garbage in the final third. And, and you know, I, it's, it's a balance it, between using the stats to say like, Hey, they suggest a, a breakout performance. It's like I, I, I posted on Monday and I, it looked from Orlando that, okay, you created chances, but two of your three main finishers weren't in there. I can excuse you. But now to completely flip that to Kansas City and to have all three of your top finishers in there and nothing happened and your best, your most dangerous chance is a bicycle kick because everything else just went right at Tamelia or went into the river end or the other side of the You the had a field. couple of good saves. The guy's dead one was pretty good, the one he saved that one. That was good. Yeah, one from distance. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not. Still, that's not the most still, quality still, shot. Right. It just it's ended up being a really shot. good on-target shot by God's right. Dad. Yeah. But if you're if you're taking those attempts, like it's a if it's a long range oh, yeah. oh, attempt to the right side and a bicycle kick, those are your most it's memorable chances <laughs> of the game. It's yeah, it's yeah. not going to work. So yeah, the attack kind of stinks, and you're waiting for that breakthrough. And the last remaining hope out there after game, what are we, eight games in for the entire season? So we're in game nine. The last remaining hope right now is get a right in Champions League and we can forgive you for all of your sins <laughs> you know, committed in MLS play. That's what it comes down to. And Jim Curtin has, has used the pressure word uh, countless times on, on Saturday and, and today in the press conference of, uh, maybe we need a little pressure is essentially what he's saying. And you know what? Maybe they do. Maybe, maybe, maybe they are easing into MLS games. Maybe that's it. And maybe there's, you know, so concerned about champions. And we've seen this like statistically at MLS where teams struggle when they compete in champions league. I don't know if they're in dire straits yet because it's still six games into to 34. And look, we just talked incessantly about St. Louis right last week on our betting podcast. St. Louis isn't going to win every game. They didn't. And they came yep. back to, they came back to regression and lost to Minnesota. Thanks. Saturday. My wallet. Thanks you. Minnesota. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's plenty of examples of that throughout the, the regular season where a six game sample size at the start of the year doesn't translate to where you stand um, after game 34. I mean, heck the, the Seattle Sounders and the LA galaxy, made a, a living of just chilling, cruising until like May, June. And then all of a sudden they hit the accelerator and they can't be stopped and, and they're peaking at the right time. And it, it's a fascinating sight to see when teams are humming like that. And the union, the union did that last year. Yep. Like that's what the union remind me of, of, of Seattle teams in the past where, you know, we do this whole thing where it's the start of the season or we concerned all of this. And then, the switch flips. I think yeah, we're that's, a, that's for, what you're kind of yeah. waiting for, right? For yeah. it to once you right. get to May and June, like flip that switch into high gear. Cause that's what happened in the union last year. It's not like they started off winning games five, nothing. It happened really at the end of June and July and during the summer months that like, yeah, they went into high gear. Like it was, it was yeah. all about MLS uh, champions league was pretty much done and it was high gear, you know, get all of these points and, you know, ended up with the best record in the Eastern conference and then, you know, close to the supporter shield. So 
I, I think there is a part of me that still thinks like that high gear is attainable and they could do it. But there are, I will admit, like I'm starting to to feel like these concerns maybe could linger. And like I'm, right. I'm starting to feel that. So I, I think the the overriding issue here is it's frustrating because of last year. We're not expecting five or six goals. Can't expect that. No. <laughs> but can you at least score one? Yes. <laughs> at home? Maybe two? Like that's what we're asking for. Just give me one. But even prior to last year, like, they were yeah. so good at that previously of winning those one nothing games, two nothing right. games, scrapping for goals. And uh, it's just really hard to come by right now. It's like a, a very, uh, very stark drop off to what they were last year. And then even a couple of years ago, it, it just feels like they're, they're not even able to reach that. Like there's, there's, yeah, there's something wrong with the attack right now. That's deeply concerning. Now the attack can be broken, but if the defense is broken, that's, so I think that's where we've kind of come full circle on this, this whole rant we've done <laughs> is if the attack's broken, the defense better show up because if the defense doesn't show up, then it becomes something like the Orlando game yeah. where and Andre Blake helps. <laughs> yeah. Having him back. He, is does. Pretty good. <laughs> he does. Although he didn't, he didn't do much. No, like, no. A couple. So, easy so saves, Andre crazy. Andre makes the game look very easy when you watch it from above because there, there are shots where you think, Oh, that could look threatening. And then Blake is just in the middle of the goal, catching the ball. And it's very easy. And I think we almost take that for granted a little bit. I'm not saying a lot, but there's a factor of that where, Oh, Andre Blake just makes the casual catch, but he makes a casual catch because he's in the right position. Like a lot of the, the easy saves that Andre made on Saturday were because he's already in the right spots. You know, he doesn't have to make a, a recovery step either way, um, or you know, or put out fires because there's a structure there. Yeah, you know, there's positioning there, and that's what they lacked against Orlando. Because if if you take away the first ten minutes against Orlando, they won eighty minutes, won nothing, but they gave up two in the first ten. So. If the attack is broken, the defense needs to step up, which they did on Saturday. Credit to Jacob Klesnes. Fantastic performance. Again, best individual performance by a union player this season. you got to hold clean sheets. And that's what puts us into Tuesday against Atlas. You have to hold a clean sheet in the first leg of Champions League if you're you're grasping for straws and attack. Yeah, and it looks like... I mean, from what you saw defensively, obviously you said individually, Jacob Glesnes, very good. Defensively, was that the improvement you needed to see, I guess, against Sporting KC? Absolutely. Okay. And I think we all knew we all knew he had that in them, and we all knew the defensive mistakes were, were fixable. Yeah. They, 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 were, were, they of... were big outliers. Like, we just right. haven't, haven't really seen that before. Right. Um, and look, as long as it continues that way, um, yeah. those first few games are outliers. They happen. Um, and you focus all of your now criticism towards the attack, but you have to, I have to drive this home. The defense has to be on its best foot for any of these games, whether it be the two legs against Atlas, the road game against Cincinnati, the road game against Chicago coming up. If the defense that's is able tough, to, that's a tough three game stretch right there. The champions it is. league and then thrown in between that is Cincinnati who was playing extremely well at the moment mm-hmm. and have, have given union fits before like that's uh that's rough. That is a rough three game stretch. 
It is, but you don't care about Cincinnati if you come yeah. away from Tuesday. Like the, this is all building up to just beat Atlas, hold them to a clean sheet because the way goals are in play, and then find a way to, to move forward and get a result in Mexico. So what can you tell me about Atlas? We'll do a quick preview of the right. first leg going to happen on Tuesday, 8 o'clock. Uh, what can you tell me about Atlas, if anything? <laughs> well, if you think the Union are in bad form, Atlas oh, nice. is, in, nice. is in pretty bad form as well. That's good. <laughs> Sounds like we're going to see some great soccer on Tuesday. Um, it's going to be interesting because they just came off a, a 3-3 draw with Chivas. Um, it was mentioned in, in the press conference with Jim Curtin that you know, it's not just the Union that are coming off a, a, a quick turnaround. It's Atlas and on top of that, they have they have to do the traveling. You know, they play a three three draw um, in League MX, so that like that is advantage Union, right? Just situationally playing at home against a team that was in a weekend battle against a team that lost, I believe, it was four one in their first leg against Olympia in the round of sixteen. So this is a team that's that's vulnerable. Now you have to take them seriously. You know, enter every cliche about a Mexican team uh, and holding off a letdown or not taking them easily. All of that's going to be preached. Um, I don't have to say that really. Uh, Jim Curtin pointed out a few different players. Um, we'll start with Julio, Julio uh, Quinones is their leading scorer, 12 goals, one assist in league play. Uh, Curtin was especially high on Jonathan Herrera, 21-year-old uh, Mexican midfielder. Uh, he said he could play anywhere. Jim is um, from the scouting they've done. He's a guy that um, really stood out on the um, the entirety of the the tapes they've watched. So those are a few names to watch. But if you look at their overall form, I mean, it's not great. I mean, they they needed that result in the second leg of Champions League round of sixteen to give their fans something positive. I mean, if you look at their form since January, they have two wins in league play. Now they have a lot of draws. They've conceding multiple goals on a lot of occasions. So that's it's not terrible, but it's still bad form because two wins in what, 13 league games, not ideal. So if you are the union's attack and you're like, ah, oh, we gotta get going, you know, a tired defense, maybe some rotated players, depending on how they uh, approach this game. Um, Outlas has one clean sheet in league play in their last eight games. Uh, that was away at Puebla a few weeks ago. And they, they conceded four to Olympia um, in the first leg of, of their round of 16. So this is a game that's, that's very winnable. It's very gettable. Um, and as Jim Curtin noted, it's got to be it, – you can't lose the Champions League two-legged tie – so you can't win it in the first round. I, I got that confused. Sorry. Can't win it in the first leg, but can lose it. Yeah. And it looked like Atlas was going to lose it, you know, against Olympia. And then they came back with that fantastic comeback. Um, I mean, that, that one goal they scored, I think went off, went off, went off the post and then got deflected and um, or got sent in. I mean, it's going to be tough. Any battle with the Mexican team is um, no matter what their form is. But if, if you do look at their defensive record, maybe that's the, the door that opens. Maybe one chance goes in. I mean, I think all of us, uh, the two of us, everyone listening, uh, if 
they see a goal go in in like the first 25 minutes, I think it'll be just pure euphoria in Chester on Tuesday night. And with the fans watching at home, just because they got to see one, they got to see one through. It's like a, it's like a shooter in basketball. You, you got to see a shot go through the net. And the second one goes through, Jim Curtin's used this before. The, the floodgates. Flood, flood the floodgates. We're the bringing flood that gates. back? Yeah. yeah. Let's bring back the floodgates. Love it. <laughs> What's your favorite Jim Curtin <laughs> expression? Floodgates. Flood gates, That's the one. Dirty, yeah. dirty running. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to is we can excuse everything that's happened in league play if they go out and score two, three goals against Atlas. You know, it sounds very simple, but sometimes it, it really is. I hope it is that simple, Joe. I hope the floodgates open and the union scoring uh, gets back on track. But we'll see. First leg of Champions League coming up on Tuesday, of course. You'll have all the coverage from Joe at unionsoccerblog.substack.com. You can follow Joe at jtanzi90. And uh, we're probably going to do a couple more podcasts this week, right? I feel like this is a bonus edition. I feel like we're giving the people a bonus one. And <laughs> a then bonus we'll do one just, after Champions League, one day a, at a time. Is just a you're... bonus ranting edition. I feel like. Yes, yes. Uh, it was needed. <laughs> it was needed. I but. feel like I feel like that was a good kind of in, encapsulation. Of, it was. I think it was very Everyone's good. mental state. Yeah, and I, I think it was it wasn't more like just overly negative and all that. Like there's like there's a lot going on. And it's frustrating. Like of, yeah, it's frustrating is I think the the best word. It's frustrating. And literally everyone agrees that it's frustrating. So, uh yeah, we're we're going <laughs> to let let it all out. Sometimes let it out. Hey, guys, um, yeah, we'll podcast. do let it out. <laughs> we'll do a podcast probably what Wednesday or Thursday, the regular one, um reviewing this game against yep. Atlas and then the Cincinnati game and uh, betting preview as well. Betting preview. Uh, Thursday or Friday. A plus 300. A plus 300, Joe. Three to one. Are you kidding me? I'm the best we MLS fa- better of all time. <laughs> we faded Cincinnati or Cincinnati. Um, St. Louis, and it, and it worked. Yes, to perfection, to absolute perfection. Let's not talk about the other bets. I was two for two, so it wasn't too bad. But we were both yeah, two for two. Work. Yeah, that's that's good. And when you're hitting three to ones, you know the rest it it, it makes it a little less uh, or a little it, easier to swallow those. It, it know, trumps the it trumps the two to one Seattle money line bet that I had, um, oh. which I mean, who you want to talk about like controversy? Man, <laughs> I don't think the, I don't think Greg Vanny's sat down yet from his his post-game rant about the the handballs in that game. So, yeah, it's uh, – I'll end by saying this. It could be worse. I know I'm going to get, like, tomatoes thrown at me through, the, through, the com- through like – Always car, throw tomatoes at you. Cars and computers, whatever – phones, whatever listening device. But it, <laughs> it, it could be worse. I, I hate saying that, but, yeah, it, it could be. It could be the LA Galaxy. And that oh yeah no that's not good and yeah. that's how we're gonna end things here the Union Soccer Podcast again check us out wherever you get your podcasts Apple Spotify wherever you get them you can also check out and subscribe to the Union Soccer Blog UnionSoccerBlog.substack.com also follow Joe at JTanzy90 and you can follow me John Jansen at JJansen34 enjoy the game on Tuesday we'll be back with more Union Soccer Podcasts this week right here on the Union Soccer Blog.